This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Altitude. Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis. It is Saturday, uh, May the 28th, 2 p.m. Central Time, and I'm joined by my other co one of my co-hosts, uh, Warren Harper. Um, we do send out our best to our third co-host, who is currently dealing with some medical issues, and we want Leonard to come back as soon as possible, um, so we do send that out. Um, so Warren is going to uh, talk about some of the shows that we've got coming up for you. I'm really excited about them. Um, so make sure you mark it on your calendar so that you can join us. You're up, Warren. All right. May the 29th, we have Charles Jacob, financial risk expert, and the author of the thriller, The Pangea Solution, reveals the growing danger at the crossroads of overpopulation and food shortages. On June the 5th, Shelley Kenow, educator and podcaster, dealing with the educable mentally challenged June 11th, Colin McIntosh, CEO of Sheets and Giggles, eucalyptus bedding, that is. June the 12th, August J. Sterling, author, The American Duke. On June the 18th, we have Andrew Lee, independent presidential candidate for 2024. That should be interesting. June the 25th, Gemma Edwards, engineering and banking, June the 26th, Wendy Bergen, author and white teacher at HBCU. Then we have the summer vacation, and we'll be back with our next show after that break on August the 21st. September the 17th, we have Mary Roach, best-selling author and new book, Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law. And that's our uh, upcoming uh, show so we hope that you would tune in absolutely um so t uh tomorrow is uh chuck charles jacob uh, make sure you, you you join us and you can always go back and look at binge some of our previous episodes on the youtube channel uh, make sure you find us there you can uh, stream us on twitch.tv you can watch the live stream twitch.tv on the facebook channel and on the YouTube channel. We always encourage people to uh, submit questions and comments via the chat uh, so that we can include it in the show. We want you to be able to participate. Absolutely. Today's episode is called, Are You Kidding Me? Um, so let me first say, I, I was so pleased that the news wasn't dominated by number 45. Um, there was so much news out there. It, it became like refreshed. I became refreshed with news out there. There were so many different uh, articles. And then uh, a few of them, which is the reason that I named the show, um, Are You Kidding Me? Um, just some some absolutely I, I could have easily uh, titled the show um, 
in the Twilight Zone Part 2. That's just how strange some of this stuff was. Starting with that first, huh? Now, don't you? I'm sorry? Since he's been out of office, it's getting even stranger with the uh, Republican Party. So, yeah, so there's that circus. There there definitely is that circus. Um, But I kind of, I kind of anticipated some of that maybe. Um, but, but yeah, they, so this uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene character seems to be attempting to um, be the new ringleader. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to want to, I don't know, single-handedly turn our politics into um, a three-ring circus. Um, some of the stuff that she's doing. Did you hear her latest? Um, huh? I heard a bit. I heard a little bit of her talk. Yeah, she's using a, a fake Mexican accent, and you know, people kind of called her out on it. And you, oh, I didn't hear that one. No, I didn't hear the. Yeah. So, so she she's she accused the Democrats of um, trying to encourage the drug lords to to participate and work with the drug lords and and she used this fake mexican accent you know saying thank you as a her pretending to be a drug lord and saying thank you to democrats for for making it easy for them to do their thing and so so i'm i'm hoping well she hasn't risen to the level of uh the previous occupant of the white house as far as news coverage, um, but she's but she seems to be working on it. She just she goes from right. one you know bizarre comment to another bizarre comment. And uh, well, she's speaking uh, Trump talk, you know, far right stuff. Do you think she's do you think she's Trump or do you think she, I think she, I don't see the Trump talk. I see her being. Um, Trump-esque in the sense that I'll say wild and belligerent and uh, mm-hmm. triggering things, but she's not talking about the election. She's not talking about um, building a wall. So she's not she's not tr- she's not carrying on the Trump yeah. ideology. Not, not, not yeah. that respect. Right, but she's, she's but she's still trash. being bizarre, huh? Yeah, she's talking trash, but you know. The other day, I think she hit the third rail, man. With the the Jewish thing. Uh huh. I knew she you were gonna say that. <laughs> she got lit. Yeah, but but the conversation around Israel and Palestine seems to be changing. It seems to be morphing, which is interesting. Yeah, not on her side. <laughs> right, but um. So so. AOC and some of the other um, more progressives are pushing back that that we don't just say Israel has a right to survive, but Palestine also has a right to survive. So the conversation seems to me to be changing. Now, Absolutely. how 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 far that happens, you know, how much that happens for me it remains to be seen. But but it, there are just things that are being said now that I haven't heard over the past eight years or 12 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
this is this is practically well yeah this is new i mean i think if we go back to the 60s or whatever when a lot of uh blacks were um trying to push a progressive movement uh you saw alignment with uh disenfranchised groups like the Palestinians and groups over in Africa and now we're kind of headed back that way with this uh, thing in Israel because it's really getting out of hand and it's obvious how heavily the U.S. is back in Israel but for long forever they've been pretty much putting uh, not considering the Palestinians rights and and what's been done to them they've been and they continue to give Israel tons of money. So the things are being looked at now in a little different light. Sure. And and so I watched a, a couple of doc or a documentary on YouTube about the Arab Israeli conflict and it talked about how the genesis of that, how that how the latest iteration of it came to be and and the majority of the, the Responsibility has been heaped on um, Great Britain. So during World War One, you know, Great Britain went over there, uh, decided that they were going to help create the Israeli state, and mm-hmm. they uh, encouraged a lot of European Jews to migrate into Palestine. Um, so I encourage you, if you get a chance to. Uh, for for the listener and for anyone that, that hears the sound of my voice, if there, if you have an opportunity to go seek out that um, documentary, and I will try to remember to put that into the show notes so that uh, you can find the link. Uh, I would encourage you to look at that documentary. It's it goes into all of the the things that happened um, in recent history that has set up the conflict that we we are now seeing. And what's happening, and I, and I think it will give you a, a unique perspective or a different perspective, and an opportunity to look at things, and not be just fed information, um, but to but to do some research and then ask some questions of your, for yourself. And then, you know, when I when I watched that video, I, it it made me think what, some of the quest, some of the statements that I've heard people make recently, pushing back against this uh, Israel has a right to exist thing. Um, I remember when Mark Lamont Hill, you remember him when he got fired from uh, CNN because he had made I, I some. Remember, I remember him getting fired. I didn't actually hear the details on it. So that made me think, you know, if 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 he made those statements now, he might still have his job because those, you know, that sentiment is starting to rise. I tried to reach out to him, and the reason I brought him up. I tried to reach out to him, see if I could get him on the podcast. And he is now part of a uh, black news channel. BNC? BNC. BNC.tv. Yes, on Roku. Is it on Roku? Mm -hmm. I had never never heard of it. It's also where Charles Blow is. Is that where Charles Blow is now? Same channel. Very good. See, I I didn't know all that. Until I tried to reach out, and they said he's unavailable. Okay, uh, we so. are we are gaining media presence more and more, and uh, people we're elevating from YouTube up into broader scope. You know, so I think that's a good thing. 
the interesting thing I found out, I found out about that was, you go to their website. It's BNC dot TV, and usually someplace there's something that describes what BNC would mean. So, like, if you go to CBS, you know that Central Broadcast Service. Right. I have no idea other than Black News. I don't know what the C stands for in BNC TV, and it's not on the website. So we're gonna to have to investigate that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that puzzled me, and uh, you know that it's a it's a branding issue. They call it branding. I hate that term. It's a it's an image issue. It's how you want to present yourself. Sure. Um, and so, um, but I, I would think that you would want people to know what BNC stands for. I think that would be, you know, a part of making sure that people know who you are. You know what? What do you stand for? Um, even deeper, even deeper. Who owns it? <laughs> that's true too. Did yeah. you? Do you know who? No, but now that we're talking about it, we need to dig deeper. Yeah. Who owns it? Yeah. Just because it might have B and C doesn't mean it's black owned. So we we know we know that the, in the in the past that there have been. Um, black-owned media organizations that eventually have been bought out or taken over or somehow wind up into hands of uh, non-black uh, ownership. So yeah, there's, you know, the the concern would be if it isn't black-owned now, or if it is black-owned now, will it always remain that way? Can't we keep it? Sure. Owned? That that is a. Absolutely. That is another significant issue, I think, for the black community to understand. Yeah. To to identify well, what they want to do. We have black people with with the money. Maybe if two or three of them had to get together, you know, come up with the money, you know, don't go Cosby's route and end up in jail, though. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. That is a story. I mean. So the the whole Cosby issue was, um, if if you want to, you can't directly tie the the troubles that Cosby has faced to that him purchase trying to purchase. I think it was CBS, wasn't it, or was it NBC? I thought it was NBC. I don't know. And so I agree you, with your point, and that there's no proof or evidence, but they they certainly may try to make a case out of it on the social media. Well, yeah, so conspiracy theories are, along with more accessibility to more information, experience, uh, conspiracy theories are gonna abound also. They're, it's gonna grow exponentially. So, I was about to say, um, with, the, with the price or with the ability to, to create content being so low, now that more people can get involved in it, um, that the larger media companies now have to fight for eyes, just like the like we're fighting for eyes, they're fighting for eyes. Um, yeah, sure. So so now they have competition. Now they can't be, they can't sit on their ass and just expect things to be handed to them because they're the only kids on the block. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Cosby. He was in the news today or yesterday, last couple of days. Did you hear the story? I did not. 
he he missed out on an opportunity for um, a um, parole parole opportunity. They wanted him to submit to sex offender counseling or therapy or whatever, and he he refused it. Did he say why? No, uh, we didn't hear him speak at all uh, on the article. They just showed showed his video and. They said he he refused it. See, my thought would be if he if he accepts the sex offender um, uh, therapy, yeah. If he accepts this, you know, if he accepts the therapy, he's basically saying, "I'm guilty." I'm guilty. It's an admission of guilt. It's an admission of guilt. And so, and and so, they're backdooring. They're trying to backdoor an admission of guilt from him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they do. Right. Right. Butt so. Breaking. Huh? <laughs> Butt breaking. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you know. I, I'll go easy on you. So and and and. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm going to leave that alone because there's there's some things about the Cosby thing that I think should be covered, but I'm not. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like. Like. Um. So, so Cosby's, nah, I'm going I'm to I'm get away from that. Anyway, <laughs> okay. nope, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall into that one. <laughs> that, that could fuck up a little time, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was a podcast, I, I, you know, I said on the, on the show uh, that uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm always looking for guests. I'm always looking for information. I'm always looking for material. In, in my research, I run across a lot of wonderful podcasts. And I ran across one called Nice White Parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you listen to some of that? I listened to a little. Okay. And, and, and you really have to, because they go so deep and, and so many details when they're trying to tell a story you have to sit there and you have to really pay attention to get the whole thing but the big picture is you're just going like wow it's that deep with these people when they do what they do you know if if black people could move in lockstep like that even on a subconscious level how much more could we accomplish absolutely that I, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it that way. But now that you've mentioned that, that makes a lot of sense. But what I, but what struck me about it was, white people can't use the excuse that was my ancestors that did it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not if you're doing the same thing. If not, if you're doing the exact same thing, not if you're. If you're creating the, the segregationist problems, if you're a part of the problem and not a part of the solution, you can't say, I, I, you, you can't be mad at me, you can't you know, look for restitution from me because we didn't hold you back. And, that's, and, and that podcast clearly draws out that that's not true, that that argument is specious and incorrect. So again, the podcast is nice white parents. It's about 
uh, it's it's uh, a credible um, creator of the podcast. It's only about it's only five episodes. Mm-hmm. They're about between forty nine and fifty one minutes long, um, and there is so much packed into that. I encourage anyone that's interested in understanding education on a on a greater level, but especially on a specific level, how um, how how the, uh, the system has been shaped to benefit um, the majority over the minority. This is definitely a podcast you want to put in your um, in your list must ha- must see list. Again, the the title of the podcast is "Nice White Parents." Um, it is well worth your time to listen to that. But you know what's really interesting about that is at the very beginning when it starts off, they what was it a survey they did? They asked they asked people if they wanted this type of school or whatever, mm-hmm. and and all these white people said yes. Mm-hmm. But not only did they say yes, then they went on to say how they wanted it or where they wanted it they had to manipulate from the very beginning you know they had to have their power and then they got it and after they got it they changed their mind well they, like, i don't i don't know if they changed their mind as much as they did not support their so so what happened was there was a, a school a middle school proposed and it was going to be built near uh, the black and Latino area in an impoverished part of the city. Yeah. You want to give the details like, where was this? Somewhere in New York, right? It was in New York. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so these parents, so the white parents said, no, we want to integrate. We want our kids to go to an integrated school. So build the school closer to us. Right. So they did a letter campaign and they you know, they uh, uh, petitioned the school board to try to get the school built closer to them. Mm-hmm. They won, or they got that they they were they got that to happen. Once the school was built, they didn't send their kids to the school, and exactly. the black and brown kids had to go further to go to school. And then, so the the actual the whole podcast is around all of the uh, history about this school and school systems in the New York metro area. Right. So I encourage, as I said, I encourage people to to listen to this podcast. It is it is absolutely worth the time. It helps you understand how racism rears its head in what appears to be non-threatening ways. Now did they build more than one school after the first one? There were so during the during the podcast they did talk about uh, another school being built and they talk about I I don't want to give away the podcast trust me this podcast is worth your time to listen to it if you're serious about understanding the environment that you're in and what we're up against to try to reach parity to reach the ability to have opportunities 
this podcast clearly defines that. Hold on. Come on. Come on, TJ. Come on. There you go. <laughs> she just decided that she's, she's, she wants to sit in my lap. <laughs> oh, I love my cat. Huh? Feline parrot. Yeah, she's that's my buddy. So I I normally would would let her. I wasn't anticipating. A lot of times she just um she goes to sleep until until I get done, and then she jumps up in my lap. Uh, but today I don't know. She's just decided that she's going to join the the session too. I got hello, Miss Jackson. Uh, Anita Jackson uh, says oh, hi. <laughs> How are you? Um, Sue, let's see. She needs to, we need to get with her. I won't say she, we need to get with her. Uh, again, uh, so so Warren has a podcast called City Jazz Sessions. And City Jazz Sessions, I work with him on his podcast, and it's about music, jazz, and other forms of music. And so I encourage you to look for it. Um, put pressure on him to move his buns a little faster to get that thing up and running. We've done a few episodes, and I, know, I, I, I think it's a, a, a good benefit. Um, but he's he's moving at his own pace. That's all I can say, folks. We are working on it. Yes, we are. So it's not by myself, so don't put it all on me. I, I'm, I, I, but but you you are the captain of the ship. You're are not, you not? Yeah, uh, you're the I, captain I, of the ship. So the I say, I say, put the heat on the boss. I say, put the heat on the boss. Okay, Coming that's all. Next month. All righty. So, um, moving right along, <clears throat> there was this Facebook post uh, that I ran across. I, you might have seen it. It was a f- friend of ours reposted it. It was. Uh, um, Michael Hegmeyer. So Michael oh. Hegmeyer, huh? Yeah, I said, oh, Michael. Yeah, do you? I don't know if you remember the post. I remember my. Well, no, I remember Michael. I don't. Remember, I don't know about the post. Right. So, so Michael Hegmeyer reposted this post. There was this guy named Jason Rap, Rappert mm-hmm. posted. <clears throat> Are you kidding me? There's a question mark. Okay. One of my social media platforms just asked me if I wanted to select pronouns to let people know how I want to be recognized. Well, no thank you. You see, about 95% of the world telling the difference between a man and a woman is very easy. I also wonder why we need any of these tech companies trying to force people into the woke mentality that seems to be consuming certain segments of our our culture. I am proud to be wise enough, old enough, and bold enough to say no thanks to all the liberal virtue signaling that is totally insane and unnecessary. I am also comfortable enough and bold enough to make this post. It's time for all the normal people to come out of the closet too. We've let everyone else dominate the conversation for way too long. Oh, and just in case you may be wondering, I'm a white middle-aged male And I am proud of it. There is no reason we cannot celebrate who we are just like everyone else without our continued contribution of love, 
for God and country, devotion and hard work, America would have already failed. Hashtag tired of the drama. Hashtag live free or die. Hashtag God bless America. Hashtag never bow down. Hashtag culture. Hashtag leadership. Hmm, that's a few hashtags. Few hashtags. Here's my first thought was, this is insane. Some guy oh. complaining about virtue, about be, you know determining if he's man or, or you know det- it, it, how he wants to be called man or woman. Um, because for the longest time, everything that you, every application that you filled out, every form that you filled out, you had to check either Mister or Mrs or miss. Mm -hmm. So, so what's the big deal about whether I want to be called he, him or her? It's the same thing. But the, the one that the kicker for me was this last, it made me really think about it was this last paragraph. Um, so he calls himself, he's a white middle-aged man, et cetera, talks about God and country and that America would have failed had it not been for them. So that didn't, well, that made me think, level. yeah, that made me think somebody's just, somebody's just trying to get people to fire it up that it wasn't some, some white guy that did this. I mean, it's not unthinkable when you've got a Marjorie Taylor green running around mm-hmm. being insane, but it's just, um, you know, it's so inflammatory. What he, what the guy said. Yeah, I'm talking about what the guy just right about, what, the, yeah. what was in the post. Well, he was okay up until the last part. You know, he went kind of over the cliff, but um, he's a white male. I'm a black male, you know. And I've thought about this pronoun thing, and my response is me, myself, and I. Forget the rest of the crap, you know. If you you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I don't think I need it. <laughs> So, so yeah. So Anita, Anita says that she's she's looking forward to tussling again with me. And Anita, I am more practiced now, so you are in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought, you know, they, they, somebody's somebody's just trying to get people excited and push their buttons. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm like, I just kind of ease back now and, and watch the show rather than try to get involved in it because I'm at the age where I know where I've been, I know where I'm going. The world is changing, but you just have to live in it. You don't have to do what everybody else does for convenience or because of pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, live and let live. Let people be who they want to be. Um, you know, if you feel gender is fluid that's fine you know i don't have a problem with that i just came from an era that was different you know and i'm not knocking the way people are now they can be themselves but you know pretty much people did certain things what they as they say in the closet now everybody wants to be out the closet which is fine uh you need to be yourself and i don't think people should be stifled or held back from being who they want to be. Very good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on that for right now. 
Um, only because um, I think that there's a lot more discussion that's going to happen. And, and, and I want to catch the discussion when it gets really good. So, so there are people, you're right. People should mind their own business um, in certain instances. I just think um, that's the hardest thing for some people to do is to just mind sure. their own business. And, you know, when you try to tell people, mind your own business, you can't tell me to wear a mask. You can't tell me not to do this. You can't tell me not to do that. And until we get to the point of where we're really willing to ready, really have discussions, telling people to let live and let live is like talking to a brick wall. Well, I said that was my attitude. I didn't. I I, I wasn't questioning yours. I I was. I'm saying, you you said all that, and the only two people that gave a rat's ass about that was me and you. Right. <laughs> okay. So, well, I think there are more, but I, I was just being facetious there. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Look at the people in government now in Congress. You know, and the crazy things they're saying and the. The denial of reality, the conspiracy theories. Exactly. Wow. That's that's why These why I was saying that. Voted in the office, so it's not like they just walk through the door on their own. So that means they have numbers behind them. So the question becomes: How do we deal with society as a whole when you got large numbers of people, large groups of people that? don't see things the way you see them or that oppose the way you think and feel. This is the problem in society now. We have big groups of people in total opposition with each other. And that's why we're having so much friction. Well, so, so friction is good. First off, friction shows growth. If, if there was no friction, that means there's no change. There's no change. That means there's no growth. That means everything stays the same and everybody's comfortable in that sameness. Mm -hmm. So friction is good. It's does that friction or does that growth happen in a way that makes the makes the situation better for everyone? So whereas Margie Taylor Green is creating friction it may not be a positive friction it may not be a positive growth she may be taking us backwards yeah. there's so there's change happening but she may be taking us backwards and not forward so so my thing is 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 try to make sure that the growth that or the the pains that we experience are going to be of benefit to us as a whole and along that um so so anita you know makes mention of divisiveness cells i understand that i understand divisiveness cells which is what uh, marjorie taylor green and the uh, number 45 president number 45s of the world are counting on is that all publicity is good publicity if i kick up enough dust then I get seen and I get heard and then I can make my point 
um, better than anybody else, you know, other than making my point louder than anybody else. And so, as I'm trying to say is, you know, we, we want to make sure that the voices that are being heard are voices that are attempting to take us to a better place and not backwards to, to worse, worse outcomes in our society. Well, yeah, but better forward and backwards are relative to who you're speaking to. Well, you know, it, like, it has to be from a societal point of view, better from a society, not, not the individual. It can't be from the individual because that, that does not benefit the group as a whole. So it has to be backwards and forwards based on the society. But who represents the group? Everybody represents the group. Everybody speaks in the group. But but if there's some if there's someone that's being put upon, or that is who being restrained, or um, in some ways being um, mistreated, then that's not moving forward. And well, and, yeah, and and yeah. someone says so so the, so the Christians say um, women should cover up from the head to the foot. No, that's more like the Muslims. Okay. <laughs> um, religion. Religion says cover up head to foot. Neck okay. neck down, you can't show anything. Okay. Right. So so then society is saying that's restrictive. Okay. Okay. Is moving forward the curtailing of a religious influence in the society or does society move forward when, uh, when you arrest some of those ideologies from society? Well, you can't arrest, arrest somebody for their ideology. No, not, not arrest. When you arrest, when you uh, restrain the ideology. Well, who's, who has the power to restrain the idea? It's, it's not about the restraint. It's not about the restraint or the power to restrain. It's does society benefit by allowing people, more people to express themselves or less people to express themselves? Because religion is a smaller part of society as a whole. If they're allowed to impart their religious doctrine on the group, is that better for the group or worse for the group? If religion does what now? If religion is allowed to impart its ideologies on the entire group, is that better for the group or worse for the group? That depends on what the ideology is. And the, and those in within the group have to determine that. And so and here's what here's why I see why I see it different. Because there are different ideologies no one group should be allowed to impart its wisdom or its ideology on the entire group. So you are, you can impart your ideology on part of the group and the other part of the group is still allowed to participate and impart some of its ideology on the group. That's progress. If the whole group is, is forced under an ideology that they don't want. So some people in the group will want it, some people in the group will not want it. Uh-huh. If the entire group is forced under that ideology, that's a move backward. That is not a move forward. Because well, you're restraining other people. 
isn't the whole purpose of joining a group based on your connection with the ideology? None. Okay. So, so the so the the ideology of the group has to include as many individuals in the group as possible. No, it doesn't. Okay, and that's yeah. that's where I disagree. Yeah. So the, the so what you're saying is is that a small group of people that it, that it's acceptable that a small group of people impart their ideology on the group and force that ideology onto the group, and that other people in the group then can't um, affect change in the group unless that small group of people say it's okay. They can. Af- Change comes when people, when when the group as a whole decides to decides to change the ideology over time or whatever. But but the big thing there is that individuals within the group have the option to come and go, and when they feel that they're in conflict with the ideology, they're free to leave. Okay. So 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 this is going to be a larger discussion than I originally had planned, and there's a lot of things I want to get to. So I'm going to move on. Um, Let me just say this, within religion, this is why you have so many sects, so many denominations, so many different groups, because people disagree upon the ideology, and so they separate, and they form different groups. Okay, very good. So I got a a post from um, this guy reached out to me and, and, you know, invited me to be his friend, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about Bitcoin. And, you know, I've been trying to get somebody on the show to talk about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So I friend the guy. Um, and then he starts trying to sell me Bitcoin. Of course. So I wanted to, to tell people out there, be conscious of, you know, that that this has now become, I think, starting to become a thing. It is. A thing. So, so he's trying to sell me Bitcoin. And I want to have a show about Bitcoin because there are a lot of questions that I specifically have about Bitcoin um, before I would even consider um, putting any money towards Bitcoin. Because right now, a lot of the discussion doesn't drill down into details. It's all Mm -hmm. uh, some nebulous thing out there in the future. So, um, so Turo asked a, a, a question, and uh, no, it's it's not that. So it's not it's not limited to to one group. It's it's for everybody. So anyway, uh, I, I encourage you to if you get uh, what is this guy's name, I'm gonna put it in the I'm put it in the show notes because I don't want to spend time looking for it. But if this guy uh, hits you up to be your friend, I, I encourage you to to think seriously about it. I, I can't say that uh, you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying he's going to try to sell you Bitcoin. He's going to try to get you involved in Bitcoin. So, and I was asking him questions and he wasn't giving me answers. You got so many people out there trying to uh, pull people into their um, their knowledge base, their te- their techniques, what, what they can teach you. They want to charge you a fee to do their method or whatever. That's unlimited number of people out there doing that. Very good. On the other side, there are a lot of people with a lot of knowledge 
talking about Bitcoin that you could sit down and listen to, and they're not trying to sell you anything. They're not trying to give you advice. They're just giving their knowledge and their wisdom from the way they see it. And so you can learn a few things. And uh, there's some guys that, that might be willing to come on the show and talk about it. And you just have to give a disclaimer, you know, hey, this is not financial advice, but yeah, I think we should look for some of those guys with enough knowledge that aren't just trying to sell somebody something, you know. Okay. So I was um, in, the, in my research mode and I ran across this, <clears throat> this news article and um, it was really interesting to me. And I, and I wanted to just kind of get your take on it and people listening, get your take on it. Mm-hmm. So, so the title of the article is Julie, Charlie and the woman, women of color friends failed. Showrunners cast very few non white women when they did those characters existed only as villains and foils um now there were only three women two black and one asian that was cast uh in friends so the show was all white and they very paid very little tribute to or included uh, minorities very little now, the person that wrote the article, Amanda Mitchell, is a woman of color. And in the article, she talked about how she was really, really excited to see the reunion show. Okay? Really? Yeah. Okay. Here's my thing. If you know that, if you wrote an article talking about the lack of diversity in a show. The show is 16 years out of production. Uh And you know that the show um, was racially insensitive. Mm -hmm. Why would you can't wait to see a reunion show? That's not making any sense. Where did this article come from? Who was this person? I will put it in the sh- I will put it in the show notes. Um, uh, she, was it a video or just an article? No, it's an article. Just an article. article. And she talked about and she talked about how they the the black women uh, the the three women of color that were placed in there were not flushed out characters. They not they weren't treated. Uh, fairly as characters and that they were just there just there to prop up the white characters so so she knows she knows that that they intently ignored um, minorities in the making of friends which lasted so long and yet said in the article how Um, she can't wait to see the reunion. Uh, I don't get it. Why? I don't. Why? What about that reunion would be worth seeing? <laughs> Beats me. Beats me. Alrighty. I'm. I, I'm going to move on from that one because it that completely blows my mind. 
I would like to see um, a running of the show with, with that included those uh, people of color because I don't remember ever seeing any on the show. Gab, I think Gabrielle Union was in eight shows oh, or eight really? episodes of it. And uh, I think that's what uh, she said in the article. Okay. One one woman was in eight episodes. One woman was in one episode, and I think the other woman was in like one or two episodes. Yeah. Okay. And then she goes on to so I'm I'm gonna put that that article um, in the I I've created a lot of work for myself. Um, Stephen Smith. He uh, so so a fan threw popcorn. So there was a basketball player twisted his ankle. He was leaving the stadium. One of the fans threw popcorn on him. Stephen Smith got like really hot. So if you if you watch sports, you'll know who Stephen Smith is. Stephen Smith is a sports commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got hot. And he was like, they should be their their picture should be on the, the jumbotron and they should be you know, in the local newspapers, they should be outed and, and they should be, you know, public shame. I kind of felt, I understood his anger and frustration. The guy probably should have been arrested or the person who ever threw the popcorn. I, it, you know, it used to be a time when you, could, you figured that behavior was a male-dominated, but some women have done some pretty foul stuff oh. too. Oh, yeah. So, um so uh did they arrest the guy? Did I, do it doesn't say in the story. Um I I I don't know if I'd go with the public shaming stuff. I understand the the sentiment of trying to to shame these people out of this behavior. Um but I, I think that that you know, shining that light on it in that way can actually create more problems than it solves. It makes it makes the people more likely those people who are similar to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who thrive on controversy and thrive on the spotlight, will, will do ever increasingly insane behavior to wind up on television. Or to wind up well, on the jumbotron. They, they need consequences for that kind of behavior. Exactly. I think it was yesterday. Somebody actually spit on an NBA player. Right, and spit on an NBA player. Right. That's disgusting. That's just. That's just that's some, or are you kidding me? That, 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 or are you that's kidding me? That's insane. That's insane. You know, at a at a at a basket. It's a sporting event. Well, people can act be on their worst behavior in sporting events for some reason. It just, I guess they get pumped up with the adrenaline and they they can't contain themselves. Yeah, like like uh, Little League sports moms and dads. Mm. Big old brawls break out. Right. I remember seeing this one video where, where the cheerleaders, that was uh, in East St. Louis, wasn't it? The right, cheerleaders, right. cheerleaders got into a fight on the floor. <laughs> Cheerleaders. Think, These are the girls that are supposed to be players fighting before the cheerleaders. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> they got a little testy. 
All righty. So let's let's get people to. So let's de-escalate the anger and frustration. Um, and and then try to, and try to to bring cooler heads. I don't. It doesn't feel like we're we're headed in the right direction when it comes to that. Let's breathe. So are you familiar with the Kwame Brown situation? Not much. I, I've I've been seeing articles, but I haven't got. You haven't read them all. So Kwame Brown um, um, has attacked. So. So in the sports world, you know, there are a lot of sports announcers that were saying Kwame Brown wasn't a good basketball player. Okay. Kwame Brown got ticked off and started making personal attacks. Um, If you get a chance to look for Stephen Smith on Kwame Brown, he -hmm. had an eight-minute video where he showed how bad uh, Kwame Brown's play was in the NBA and basically telling Kwame Brown, hey, look, not, nobody has said anything about you and your family and your dog and your cat. And every all of your attacks have been on people's kids, on what they look like. You know, he's making all these personal attacks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I found it interesting, but you have to see, if you, if you are familiar with Stephen Smith, he's a very, very animated individual. Um, and he was and he was super animated in this video, and I, and I just think it's there's an entertainment factor of it, um, but right. there's a there's a intelligent factor of it too. Is it so was fun to watch. Did Brown look bad? Huh? Did the video make Brown look bad? I think I think Kwame made made Kwame look bad. <laughs> he made himself. <laughs> he made himself. I mean, they, they he uh, Stephen Smith showed uh, sixty seconds of. The guy missing layups, um, not being able to catch a pass, not right. making good decisions on the court. So, right. so, I, so, yeah, you could say Stephen um, made him look bad, but but I think Kwame made light. him look bad, huh? He showed the low lights. <laughs> he showed the low lights. Yeah, <laughs> and the guy was seven footer, seven foot in the NBA. You think, man? Wow. Yeah. So I I don't follow it, um, but you know I kind of look in and peer in occasionally, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I just found that interesting. That was a little entertaining. Wow. All righty, councilman and huh? Uh, what's next? Councilman Antonio Brown told police that uh, about eleven forty-five a.m., four children who appeared to be the ages of six and twelve jumped him, took his 2016 Mercedes 450, and drove off. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Atlanta Councilman Antonio Brown. He is, he is, he was jumped by six, four, six to 12-year-olds who carjacked him. Did they have a gun? <laughs> I mean, it's six to twelve. <laughs> I I know six to twelve years. You you think you think? And it was four. It wasn't twelve of them. It was four of them. So I don't know, <laughs> man. He just went up for the fight, you know. So now, so now the 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 website 
that put the story up, they led with the fact that he is uh, he's running on a platform of defunding police. I didn't think the defunding police was the story. So I put it last. Um, the fact that he got carjacked by six to 12 year olds, four of them, to me, was the story. What kind of neighborhood is that when kids that young are carjacking people? That's a good question. That's Atlanta? It is Atlanta. And and when he got carjacked, he was attempting to speak to a community leader, Ben Norman. Ben Norman was a witness to this situation. Wow. The last story that I have for today. Yellowstone Rangers are looking for a woman who approached a grizzly bear with her phone. U.S. Park Rangers of Yellowstone National Park are investigating an incident of a woman approaching wildlife at Roaring Mountain. The Park Service said an Instagram post on Wednesday, on Mon- um, I'm sorry, wildlife at Roaring Mountain, the Park Service said in an Instagram post on Wednesday, on Monday, May the 10th, 2021, at approximately 4.45 p.m., an unidentified woman approached a female grizzly bear and her two cubs at the north end of the Roaring Mountain parking lot. Darcy Eddington, another tourist who filmed the incident March the 10th, while in her car, told USA Today that the woman went up to the bear to get a photo, despite warnings from others. After the bear charged at her, the woman calmly walked away, according to Eddington. what she was smoking but uh glad she got out alive you know you're stupid enough to approach a bear with cubs that on top of that uh not the smartest tool that's not the, the yeah that's sharpest knife in the drawer I, I, I don't know she must have been on something <laughs> I, it's the decision making it's the decision making there's signs up in the park says don't keep a hundred yards between you and the wildlife. I saw the video. So, so the article is on the hill, the, the hill.com newspaper, the online website, the hill.com. That woman was no more than 20 yards from that bear. When the bear started charging maybe 30 yards at the most. Yeah. And you could see the bear come at her to try to get her out of her, get her out of her space with her, where her cubs were. And the woman was standing there with a phone and she's trying to take a picture. And then she turns and she goes, Ooh, and starts moving away. (laughs) Everybody else. I mean, the other people that you could see around, there was, this woman was the only one out there. And would you go out there with her? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you, you, you know, I don't even like to go anywhere without my mask, and I'm vaccinated, so you know I'm not going up to a bear. He's gonna get into the close-off area with bears and think that's okay. How many times have you seen an article that says 
you know, people interacting with wildlife get stung by jellyfish or get bitten by sharks or get attacked by lions. I mean, you know, what, what does it take? What does it take? That's what telephoto is for. You can buy a lens for your phone. You can buy a lens for your phone that would allow you to take a picture up to 12 blocks away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Something in the water. All righty. Tomorrow we have Chuck Jacobs on. He's going to come talk about his book, The Pangea Project. I think it was The Pangea Project. What was that? Yeah. It was The Project? Because I'd hate to. I think it was The Project. Huh? Let's see. The Pangea Solution. Yeah. See, you were helpful. (laughs) Growing danger at the crossroads of overpopulation and food shortages. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Go ahead, Warren. You get the last word. Take us out. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. It's been a pleasure to have you as our listening audience. Please like and share if you think this video is a good conversation. We look forward for you to return. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's going to be recorded, right? No, tomorrow we're going to be live. We got the one in the morning that's going to be recorded. Yeah, you got to work. You got you got to really work tomorrow. <laughs> you got to get some sleep early. You got extra room over there or something? Bro? <laughs> All righty, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Talk to you. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website the lion's den stl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion the audio version of altitude adjustment is available where you get your podcasts including stitcher.com the itunes store and the google play music store to name a few remember that the internet is powered by your likes shares and comments so please like share and comment on this and other episodes of altitude adjustment because it matters and as always Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.